God, Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So last night, my wife was jumping on the bed, okay, jumping on the bed. So I walked in, I said, honey, what's going on? You know, that's a joke, because if my wife jumped on the bed, she'd hit the ceiling fan. She'd jump once, right? I said, honey, what's going on? She said, I just won the lottery. Pack your bags. And I got excited. I said, honey, where are we going? On a cruise? Are we going to Cancun? She looked at me and got real serious. She said, what do you mean we? (laughs) Now it's sad if you can laugh at that, right? Because you got it, right? It's like that old redneck said, I I miss my ex-wife. But my aim is getting better. (laughs) But you see, what is the church for? The Bible says that the church is not composed of a category of camps on what we eat and what we drink. And in the book of Romans, the Bible says that there were church uh, members disagreeing about whether it was okay to eat meat. And whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. And at the time, there were Jewish Christians getting saved, and they didn't know if it was okay to eat pork. And so a preacher, pork can carry with it viruses, and you can get a bunch of, and that's why the Jews didn't eat it. The Jews had all kinds of dietary restrictions. And some people carried that over into Christianity. Well, Christianity, the Bible said all creatures of God are good. God actually created the pig. Okay. <laughs> All creatures of God are good. If you've ever had a rib, you know, that's good. I might, if you don't usually eat a left and right, I hope this is cooked, but that's good. <laughs> Ribs are good. But all creatures of God are good. And how many to be refused? That's what my Bible says. Man, if you want to eat a squirrel, have at it. If you can get over the look of it, if you want to eat rabbit, now it tastes like chicken. And I'm not joking because my friend brought me one. It looked like a poodle, okay? It looked like a dead poodle with the head cut off and everything, but he had cooked it up and everything, and they raised rabbits. And, and my daughter and I, my wife had a hard time getting over it. I'm like, mm. But if you put enough ranch and stuff on it, that rabbit was like dry chicken breast, okay? And probably pretty healthy for you too, okay? But it said it none to be refused because some people put food as morality. Oh, oh, you eat meat. You're not as good as I. Well, you know what the Bible said? The weak spiritually only eat herbs. So if you don't eat meat, the Bible says you're weak spiritually. Oh, preacher, you just messed up my diet. But a lot of people have put morality into diets. Have you heard of the Daniel diet? Preacher, I've taken the Daniel diet. What is it? Pulse. We eat vegetables. Do you know the context of the Daniel diet? It made you fat. Right. You read that. They were, they were, Daniel and his friends, uh, they were put before the king and they didn't want to eat the king's defiled meat. They were Jewish. They couldn't eat the pork ribs. So they said, prove us for what? 10 days and just give us water. That's healthy. And just give us vegetables. Now, brethren, that's a healthy way to eat. If you're going to eat vegan or vegetarian, let me tell you, that is healthy. Okay, but this was a miraculous diet. Because what happens if you eat veggies and drink water? You you lose weight. What happened with God's Daniel diet? They were fairer and what? Fatter in flesh. Now, I can do that with Krispy Kremes. Why would I need to do that eating celery? 
I just want you to know the context because sometimes they give you a new book, but there's no context biblically. And have you read about Ezekiel bread? Now, I bought some Ezekiel bread. It's at the store in the freezer. Do you know how much money Ezekiel bread costs? You better get you an Amazon card. Right. To order. Five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks for a loaf of bread that I could put away in a city. Okay? And so Ezekiel bread's five. Well, it's because it's pure. It's God's ingredients. The ingredients are in the Bible. Do you know why the ingredients are in the Bible? Well, let me tell you. They are. And I, I can't list them, but it's like... Uh, uh, lentils and fitches and barley and beans. There are like six ingredients. And Ezekiel's told to make this bread. You know why he's told to make that bread? Because the Jews are in captivity. And you know how they, he told, was told to cook that bread? Will you ever have to go big potty? That's what he was told to cook it with. And Ezekiel's like, uh-uh. I've never eaten anything unclean, God. I cannot do that. I'm not going to cook my bread with poo. Because that's what he was told to cook with. And so God said, okay, I've taken away man's poo and you can cook it with cow poo. That's your Ezekiel bread. Oh, that's healthy. Mm -mm. You can keep your poo bread. I don't care how good the pizza smells. The brother brings out the pizza and he said, mm, that pizza smells so good. Yeah, I just cooked it with some cow dung. How many of you would get? Oh, give me two pieces. <laughs> no way they would cook the dung to ashes right and it would it would serve as the fuel for heating and it was a message in ezekiel it was that they would eat defiled bread that they were not a pure nation they were in exile so my point is all of these things in food you got to put them in context right but you know what that the bible said it's not all about meat and drink anyway that's not what we're for and against but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now you say, preacher, why? First of all, we need joy. We need, I need joy. My, amen. That's God right there. And brother, that means brother Patrick's giving me his car. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you know what? A nice car is a, a dream, right? The payments are a nightmare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> amen. So, uh. We need joy. Have you ever been discouraged? <laughs> you mean like since I got to church or like on the way to church? Or you mean just this morning or in the past five times in the past 24 hours, preacher? Church, we need joy. I believe that we don't need to have a bunch of uh, excuses or a bunch of reasons where we need joy. I remember reading a sign that said everybody brings joy to this office. Some when they enter the office, and others when they leave the office. Have you ever had that, right? When someone leaves, you're like, hallelujah. I don't know, maybe it's Uncle Phil or something visiting. Like, man, praise God, Uncle Phil is on his way home. But you know what? There is a need for Joy! And we're all looking for it. Men and women, they search high and low. And a lot of times, uh, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for uh, to meet our desires in the wrong way. But God knows there's a need for joy. And the Bible said the kingdom of God is equals in math, right? Is means equals. It's an equation, right? The kingdom of God equals joy. In the Holy Ghost. You ever wonder, you see a Christian, especially when you weren't one, and you see a Christian like, 
What's your excuse for being happy on a Monday? Don't you know we're all supposed to be sad on a Monday? Do you know what happens on Sunday for people that don't have the joy of the Lord? You know, it's an article I read. It's called The Sunday Scaries. You know what that is? I'm absolutely, that people get an anxiety about work on Monday. It's true. Read about it. It's in the paper. They've done actual psychological studies. I don't know how I'm going to make it on Monday. And they begin to get anxiety on, and their Sunday's ruined. Man, Friday's good. Saturday's good. You know what happens on Sunday? I've got to go to work on Monday. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Well, you made it last week. <laughs> but let me tell you, that's why we need joy. Because the Bible said the kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said when you see a Christian, you're like, man, what's up with you? It's Monday. But you know what? Monday's the second day of the week. I got my head started in the house of God on the Lord's day. And right now I'm kicking it into second or third gear because God began to move. I got everything straightened out and my blessings on the way. I'm thankful that when we pray, our blessing is on the way. You know, that's not true because it rhymes. It's true because it's God's word ask in the bible said and he shall receive now there might be a hang time by the time your blessing is fired and you get it and the devil tries to hinder your blessings well the devil can't hinder my blessings he can you ever read the book of daniel there was a spiritual warfare and daniel prayed and it was weeks before he got his answer but you know what the angel said you were heard right at the time that you prayed God heard you when you prayed. God heard you at the altar. God heard you in your car. God heard you at work. And God received it. And God sent an answer. Now the enemy tried to stop the answer. He couldn't stop it. But he could slow it down. Because God's joy was on the way. God's joy was on the way. Not only in the answer. But the hope of the answer. That God can keep us. You know the Bible says that we don't. And thank God. For good circumstances, right? They feel good. Uh, you know, sitting on the beach and having a cold sweet tea and a, and a, uh, you know, and a, and a burger or a Krispy Kreme or if you're vegetarian, you know, cheese pizza. I guess that's vegetarian. But it makes you happy to have circumstances, right? That's what happiness is. Happiness is not bad. Happiness is simply a happenstance. To be, to have a hap, it means chance or fortune. So that means you're lucky. Or things are going your way. And so we get happy when things are going our way. Ought we not to? And that'd be a blessing. Someone gives you a new car or someone gives you, a, you know, a new house. Ought you not to be happy? Man, I'd be shouting. But that's not joy. You see, joy is a calm delight. Even though nothing might be going right. Because the source of joy is not in our circumstances. Ask me how I know. And I've had an interesting few weeks too. My whole family got sick. My daughter was out for school for what? Longer than she's ever been. Week and a half. So what did you get? Did you get COVID? Got COVID tested. Negative, negative, negative. We got three failures, man. We failed the COVID test. Praise God. She got tested for strep. Negative. Maybe she's got leprosy. I don't know. No, she doesn't. No. She just felt, she just felt yucky, right? But she's better. And he said, preacher, isn't that, that's not what you wanted. No, it wasn't what I was looking for. But you know, sometimes for God to have us find joy, he's got to take away all of 
the circumstances. He's got to take away all those things that we've been unconsciously looking towards. And so that we can look unto Jesus, the author. He's the finisher of our faith. And then when we look unto Jesus, you know, that we can begin to restore our joy. You know, that I believe that our joy is not based on circumstances. It's based on a relationship. You know that the uh, uh, that David said, created me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know that if you really want joy, it's as simple as a relationship in God. That's easy. Right. It is easy. Right. He said, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me what? The joy of what? Huh. It's not circumstances. My joy is in my deliverance from sin. I was uh, listening to a gentleman who was in the Hanoi Hilton for six years. That was a prison camp in Vietnam. And his son-in-law and daughter-in-law used to attend our church. His name is Harry Johnson. You could watch a PBS special on YouTube. And he was beaten and tortured, and he has holes in him, you know, scars from his torture. He was an intelligence guy, so... And he said something on the PBS special. He said, you know what? Uh, basically, he said, I get to leave here one day. They have to stay. <laughs> he was talking about his captors. You know what? As a Christian, I get to leave here one day. Everyone else got to stay. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that trump's going to sound. And the Bible said the dead in Christ, they're going to rise first. And then the Bible said we which are alive and remain, we're going to get caught up together in the air. And so we are going to forever be with the Lord. And it said, comfort one another with these words. I've got joy. The Bible said that deliverance, that man in the prison camp said, you know what? I might be in the prison camp, but one day I'm getting out of here. Paul and Silas, they were in the prison camp. It was midnight. There wasn't anything but woe all around. But they prayed and they sang praises unto God. Why? Their joy was in the Lord. Nehemiah said to those builders on the wall, he said, hey, there's enemies everywhere, but the joy of the Lord, it's your strength. We need that source of joy. It's a preacher, but a joy isn't joy... Uh, like getting a raise. Yeah, it feels good to get a raise. But that's happiness. But you know what? God will give you a raise. The Bible said he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. You know, in Christianity, I come to church, find out I got a raise. I don't even have to shout to get Jesus' attention. You know that you can just whisper, Lord, I need a blessing. Why? Because we're seated at the right hand in Christ. We're seated at the right hand of the Father. So I preach her, but I, I'd, get, I'd get happy if I got a new house. Well, you know, it's interesting that the Bible says you believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you're going to come. I got a place for you. Now, I don't know how many of you have lived in a million dollar. I've lived in a million dollar apartment in Hong Kong. Absolutely true. It was just an apartment. 
So, ooh, I'm gonna get a million dollar house. You know what it'll be? A lot to clean. I hope you can use your Amazon gift card to afford a maid, right? But you know what? There's going to be joy in heaven. And I don't know if you've got something big down here, but joy says I got something big up there. It's in my salvation. And you say, a preacher, a new job makes me, gives me joy. Well, I don't know about a new job down here. If you're unhappy in the job you got, you're going to probably be unhappy in the job you get. Why? Because we're just as happy as we want to be in our circumstances, but our joy is irrespective of all those. It's settled in heaven. The Bible says our conversation, our citizenship, it's in heaven. And our source of joy is Jesus. And Jesus gave me a job. You know Jesus gave me a job? Jesus gives every Christian a job. A new job? Yep. The Bible says... Follow me in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. Follow me. I'm going to give you a job. But Peter already had a job. See, I'm going to give you a new job. And I will make you. So there's on-the-job training. You know what OJT is? And I will make you what? Fishers of men. I'll make you like Emma and Sister Junor. Fishers of men. That's what you do. Hey, man. Hey, lady. Hey, man. Hey, lady. Say, well, preacher, that's what drug dealers do. Hey, man. Hey, man. Come here. That's what prostitutes do. Hey, you want a date? <laughs> they're fishing. If they're P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, if you're, if someone's fishing for your information on the internet, it's all the same. People are after something. You know what Christians are when we're in, engaged in our new job? We're after men and after women, not for their things. We seek not yours, the Bible says, but you. We want you to get to God and you to get the joy of God and you to get the peace of God that passes all understanding. You see, the righteousness of God is in a relationship with Jesus. The peace of God is in a relationship with, it's a person. The peace of God is in Christ. And the joy of God is in the Holy Ghost. It said, you know, have you ever seen Pigpen? Pigpen was a character from Charles Schultz, The Peanuts. It was a cartoon, Charlie Brown. And Pigpen was one of the kids. And in the cartoon, when Pigpen walked, a dust cloud would come up. Pigpen didn't have his, uh, his hygiene standards lifted, okay? But we all knew a Pigpen before it became a microaggression to say that. We all knew a pig pen, right? And uh, it was just part of your gang, right? One kid needed to wash, right? <laughs> Maybe that was your kid. I know, most little kids don't take personal hygiene very seriously. That's why God has parents. My nephew was a kid, he, he was told, change your underwear. So he put a new pair of underwear on over his old pair of underwear. That's a boy, right? That's your pig pen. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. He's all grown up now and has kids, right? So now he's saying that to his kids, right? Well, you know what? That thing around pig pen was like an atmosphere. You know that we kind of carry with us a spiritual atmosphere. If we carry with us a pig pen atmosphere everywhere we go, we carry that dirt. You know, some people get online, it's all dirt. They want to dish dirt, and they want to comment dirt, and they want to talk about someone that's like pig pen. And everywhere they go, they just kind of carry it with them. But then you get 
the people of God. And everywhere they go, you know what the atmosphere is? It's the air that surrounds the earth. It's how we live and move and have our being. It's by breathing. And if there's Christians, they have this atmosphere around them. And it's the Holy Ghost. And when they go out to work in the morning, they got an atmosphere of joy. You see, that's what the source of God is. It's not what happens that's good or bad. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. And wherever I go, instead of that pig pen, instead of my old sin, it's the promise and the power and the goodness of God that goes with me. And he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Abraham said, Jehovah, Jireh, that's my provider. God is going to bless me. You can get an atmosphere of joy. You know, the God that said he'll go with you is a true God. And if he said that that joy can be around you, then the next time something goes wrong, the last thing is put it to practice. Put it to practice. When that thing goes wrong, say, preacher, I didn't get the raise I was looking for. I didn't get uh, this that I was looking for. I, I, didn't, I, I did the Krispy Kreme diet, preacher, and I'm gaining. <laughs> you know, a sense of humor is so important. <laughs> Amen. In, in fact, in elite military units, they have an incredible sense of humor when things go wrong. I mean, they'll be joking when bullets are flying. Why? But it's kind of akin to this joy. We practice it when things are going wrong. When things are going right, you, need to, you don't need to tell me to jump. Someone gives me a new house, I'll probably faint. <clears throat> but that's not where my joy is. You know, someone offered to buy me a house. Preacher, why don't you have it? I said, no. What? You're not, I am absolutely true. Now, I would have to pay the payments, but they would get me in to the house. I said, preacher, you're an idiot. No, I'm not an idiot, but I made this promise to God. I said, God, you get a church building before I get a house. And they were wondering, what in the world is this guy saying no to a house for? <laughs> so preacher, you think, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Am I and I said, no. Now, I can afford, you know, but I didn't come here to get a house. I didn't come here to build my life. I came here to build souls. And after I explained it to them, I think they still think I'm crazy, but they understand. But my joy doesn't come in a house, and I've had a chance to prove it. My joy comes in the Lord. My joy comes in the Lord. And the last thing is to, to practice it, to see if it works. You see, it's no good if it only works when the salesman is there. But if it works when things go wrong, man, it works one time. It can work another time. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, See, we can know something conceptually, philosophically, but not know it practically, right? Preacher, I know how to do a budget. Would you have any money? Well, <laughs> that's a little different, right? I, can you define joy? I can define it, preacher. Will you have any? Well, <laughs> that's a little different, right? But you know that we want you to have practical joy. Not happy-go-lucky, but joy because of Jesus. Joy in Jesus, joy in the Lord, joy in the Holy Ghost, which has me serve the Lord. And the Bible says, my wife comes to the piano, Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, no circumstances go in my way. You know, someone asked me, things going your way? And I said, no, I'm going God's way. (laughs) 
You ever have that? Things ain't going your way. Mm-mm, I've been there. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But you know what Jesus said? He said, hey, you got an atmosphere. Be a good cheer. He said, for I have overcome the world. And if he overcame the world and he lives in me, then I don't need circumstances as much as I need my Lord. Habakkuk said, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat. And the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stall. So they yielded their their gain from farming, okay, and crops. So imagine the stock market failing and all of your investments going to pot and your, your real estate actually declining in value. That's what the current day application is in. And everything fell. So that's what Habakkuk said. If everything falls, all my investments fall, God forbid, right? But he said, although, he wasn't hoping for it. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon my high places, difficult terrain, to the chief singer upon my stringed instruments. You know, joy is ultimately a decision. And that's a good, a good thing to know because we can make a decision to have joy right now. And it's first based on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Is he first? Is he first? If he's first, that's the first decision you have to make. Put him first. Because the source of joy isn't from the preacher or even the loudness of our singing. It's from Jesus in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the forgiveness of sins. Christ in you. And the Bible said his blood washes away all of our sins. Christ in the relationship gives us joy. So preacher, but I have Christ as my savior, but things aren't going right. Well, guess what? They won't. But welcome to the world of storms, Hurricane Ida's and everything else. COVID-19 and it's 2021. Still got COVID. COVID, COVID Delta and COVID Mu, right? There's a new one out there, right? And then after that, it's going to be COVID Gen X and COVID Round 3 and COVID Part 4 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's going to be all kinds of stuff, right? Get down, get down. <laughs> Preacher, what are you going to do? I'm going to make a decision. You know what a decision is? You know what an incision is? It's when someone cuts you. You know what a decision is? It's the same thing. It's a surgical term. It's to cut things off. (laughs) It's to make a choice and to put everything else on the other side. To decide is to cut off. (laughs) And I need to make a decision. You know what? Like Habakkuk said, ain't nothing going right. I'm just going to have joy anyway. (laughs) Ain't nothing going right. God's going to be my savior. God's going to make me to walk in this difficult COVID terrain or this other terrain, and I'm going to be a victor. I'm going to have joy anyway. People are going to watch me serve God, and God's going to be my deliverer. Let me leave you with this. I remember years ago talking about cars because we all got car issues, right? Anyone ever had a car issue? <laughs> car problem? If you won't, you'll, you'll, you'll see. And I remember my car wouldn't start. I'm in Bible school. I mean, I'm giving my heart to God. And my car wouldn't start. I had to get a job. I had to go to work. And you know, if you do that too often, you're starter dies, right? But I kept doing it. And then I stopped. 
I don't know if I pop my hood because sometimes I pop my hood just to make sure the engine's still there because I don't know what's under the hood. I just want to look smart, right? Like, mmm. You like pull a few wires to act like I didn't know what I was doing. I don't even know if I popped my hood that day, but my car wouldn't start and I needed to go to work. Look. And I remember just sitting in my car and God gave me a lesson. And I said, you know what, God? I said, if this car doesn't start, I said, I'm still going to serve you. <laughs> you know what? Joy isn't circumstances. And I sat there and in the cold and the dark, and I just remember that joy and that peace from a decision that I made. I said, well, did that fix your car? Well, this is just a miracle. But then I started it and it, and it just started. I don't know if it was a miracle. I don't know if God had mercy on an idiot and I need to fix my car. But I do remember I made a decision. And with heads bowed and nobody looking around, you know what? This morning, we came to the house of God. And this afternoon, we can make a simple decision. I decide I'm going to have calm delight in Christ. He is going to be my joy. And I'm not going to put it on my husband to be my joy, my wife to be my joy, my job to be my joy, my, don't say it, my paycheck to be my joy. I'm not going to TGIF and only thank God it's Friday, but God, I'm going to choose you as my joy because I am for joy and God gave me joy 24 hours a day. If I decide to have it, I can break out on the right hand and the left and serve him. And God, I can influence others. Restore unto me, God, the joy of my salvation. Let the Holy Ghost be a bubble, like an atmosphere around my life. And that I might have joy in the good times, but God, joy in the bad times. And joy in a lot of mediocre times, God. That I make a decision for joy. And you know what? Let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. Let's make a decision. My joy. And you know what? You got to claim it because the devil's not going to give it to you. You got to say, God, that's mine, and I'm going to take it. It's my joy, and I'm going to share it with others that are around me, and I'm going to enjoy my new rejoicing in Jesus Christ.